Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast number 104. Today, we're going to look at the feast, the festival, the special appointed day called First Fruits. Now, we've already looked at Shabbat in summary fashion, Passover. Unleavened bread is the day after the Passover, and it lasts for seven days. After the first Shabbat, after Passover, you have on the first day of the week the festival of First Fruits. Now, what this was is in the spring of the year at the barley harvest, which, by the way, the Passover and these festivals, most of them have to do with some kind of agriculture and some kind of harvest, some celebration, some bringing in of the blessings of God in order to offer those unto the Lord for thanksgiving, for an offering of praise, to show that indeed He is the creator, the sustainer. He is the one who gives us everything that we are. And this is why the writer of the book of Proverbs says, Honor the Lord with your first fruits. God wants the very best. He doesn't want the leftovers of our lives. And certainly that is true when it comes to offerings. And so they were instructed in chapter 23 of the book of Leviticus. And the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you come into the land which I give to you and you reap its harvest, then you shall bring a sheaf, that's one stalk of wheat or of barley, whatever it is, then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. He shall wave that sheaf before the Lord, personal name for God, the covenant God of Israel. He shall wave the sheaf before the Lord to be accepted on your behalf on the day after the Sabbath, the priest shall wave it. Now, what this was, was an act of praise and thanksgiving, but it was also a step of faith because they would go out and find a beautiful stalk of barley. They would bring it in with a full head of grain, and they would wave that before the Lord, and then they would offer offerings of various kinds that are delineated in this text. And the waving of that first fruits was a way of saying, you have given us this and we want to bring the first to you, but we want to say thank you because we know this first stalk just represents a harvest that is to follow. Just like this, likened unto this, it's going to be a full harvest in coming and we want to say thank you, not only for allowing us to have what we have, but also the best is yet to come because the harvest is coming behind it. Now, this is like all of the other feasts, like all of the other appointed days, this is picked up on in the New Testament because they are messianic. Remember, Jesus was crucified on Passover. By the way, he was presented on the 10th day, which we would have called Palm Sunday, the first day of the week before Passover on the week that he was crucified. And he was then crucified on Passover. He was put in the tomb. And then he arose on the day of first fruits within the week of unleavened bread. 
And so the Apostle Paul picks up on that, and he says in chapter 15, that long chapter on resurrection and the gospel, he says, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. And the reason he said that is because Jesus, we will have a body like his. We will be resurrected like he. Remember, he was the first one who ever rose from the dead, never to die again. There had been many resurrections from the dead. Lazarus had been the most notable, closest to the time of Jesus' resurrection. But remember, Lazarus was raised from the dead, but he had to die again. Remember, all healing in this life even is temporary. We're going to die because it's appointed unto men once to die, unless the great rapture or the snatching away, the catching away of the saints that's talked about and typified in the Feast of Trumpets that we'll talk about in a couple of days. But unless that time comes and the Lord Jesus comes again, all of us are going to die. And one day we will hear the trumpet of the Lord sounding and the dead in Christ shall rise. And we're going to be raised with the same kind of bodies that Jesus did, never to die again, never to be sick again. And we'll have glorified bodies just like he has now. And so it says that he is the first fruits. That is, he is the promise. He is the down payment of more to come. And there are many metaphors for this and analogies for this in the Bible. But he says the reason for this is in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 21, he says, For since by one man came death, by man also came the resurrection from the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ we all shall live. But each one in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterwards those of us who are Christ at his coming. So there again, this festival, this special day of firstfruits was showing that indeed God has all of this in his sovereign hand and that he is working the timetable just as we've talked about. The next time we're together, we're going to talk about Shavuot, and that is the Feast of Weeks. And we'll talk about its big brother, which comes once every 50 years, and that is the Day of Jubilee. And so as we go into these festivals and feasts, remember, God is working a timeline. Jesus was crucified on Passover. He rose from the dead during the week of unleavened bread. At the day of first fruits, the Holy Spirit came at Pentecost. The next great event will have to do with the coming of the Lord and the sounding of the trumpets. And that is the day that we just celebrate the head of the year, Rosh Hashanah, the blowing of the trumpets. And so we'll talk about that in two podcasts from now. But I want to leave you with this thought. In Adam all die. How do we get in Adam? Well, we're born into the human family. And so that is why whoever we are, when we're born into this race, we are born into a cursed world and into a cursed race. And as soon as we are able to, we will choose to sin. And it doesn't matter what we do that's good. We're going to have still within us that sin nature until the Lord takes us home one day and he totally delivers us and gives us a glorified body, a glorified mind, a glorified soul, glorified spirit when we are in our totality freed from the presence of sin and forever its power. And praise the Lord for that. 
But until that time comes, we are living this life and we're going to wrestle against the world, the flesh, and the enemy of our souls, the devil. But the Bible says in Jesus all live, as in one man, all die in one man, in one person, is Jesus all live. And those who are in Jesus, they don't just naturally go into Jesus. They're not born into a earthly family like the Jews and become a part of the covenant family. No, no, no. The way that we are as Gentiles and as Jews now become a part of the family of God, God's heavenly spiritual family is through the new birth. Just like you come into the earthly family through birth, you come into the spiritual heavenly family through birth. And that's why Jesus said, a man who is born of flesh is flesh, that which is born of spirit is spirit. And just as we have been born into an earthly family, so in order to be a part of God's family, we have to be born again by his spirit. A man who's born of flesh is part of Adam's family. A man who's born of water, that is a flesh birth, that is part of being in Adam's family. But those of us who are born again, we have placed our trust and our faith in Jesus alone as our Redeemer and as our redemption, and God makes us a part of his family. And those outside of Jesus, the Bible says that they need to be born again. Doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter what race you are, what economic status you are, social status you are, what color you are, you have to come just like I do the Jesus way. Sometimes people will say to me, Pastor, are you saying that my son or my daughter, my mom, my dad have to be saved? Yes, I do. And that's the reason I'm saying it's because that's what God said. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He's the only way to the Father. God doesn't have side deals with anyone, any people. And that's what Christianity has always been about. That's what it will be about. And I know that's offensive to some, but just as exclusive as it is, it is inclusive. Who can come, whosoever will may come. I pray that this is a blessing to you as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at tonycrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCRISP.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.